Hey, BSN listeners, we are excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft Coffee can't make any claims, but this CBD-enriched coffee has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, that's irritable bowel syndrome, decreased anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. This coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it any more highly to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2018. That's BSN2018 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Folks, as a as a client of Strava Craft Coffee who's used the coffee, take it from me when it, when it says... It relieves your aches and pains, arthritis, back pain, IBS, decreased anxiety, you name it. It's true. It's done it for the big guy here. It can do it for you, too. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans at the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. It's Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks. And welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast on a fun Wednesday night, late night. Adrian Dater here, your host, with a a tired, but I think a, a, a satisfyingly tired AJ Hafley, who has come from the Pepsi Center to bring us back dispatches of news from the Avalanche's 6-3 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight, Wednesday night. Most of you are going to be listening to this on a Thursday, but AJ has just come back from the Pepsi Center. Myself, uh, I was on the shelf tonight. I've got a little, uh, let's just call it a family uh medical situation nothing too serious here but something i needed to be staying home for tonight so aj held down the fort at the pepsi center did the brought all the copy for the penguins game tonight uh the bsn avalanche podcast is ready to roll to talk about that and other things tonight but uh first of all aj hayfully welcome to the podcast i know you've uh, you've done yeoman work tonight uh, let me ask you one, uh, as we get the podcast started, let's, 
We'll break down the game more here as we go in this first segment, but just give me your first takeaway from the game tonight that the Avalanche won 6-3, their sixth straight win. A lot of stuff happened tonight, but what's your number one takeaway from the victory overall? Um, I would I would say my my top takeaway, man, is we're we're witnessing something pretty special right now. Yeah, you know this was this. It's not like it was uh, last year when they won ten in a row, and it kind of got them back into everything, right? Yeah. Uh, this is they they have an opportunity right now, and and they're doing it. They're putting meaningful separation between themselves and a, a grip of teams at the bottom of the conference where the the Avs, you know, remember at the end of last season, the Avs were in like a dogfight with LA and Anaheim and Dallas and Calgary and St. Louis for that final spot. Oh, yeah. Colorado's put, you know, at 34 points right now, they're one point behind Nashville for the Western conference lead. But we, we more meaningfully, they're seven points ahead of Vegas, who is the, the top team just outside the playoffs right now. I mean, seven points already. And you know what it's like. We've watched this team over the last few years have to dig themselves out of holes uh, and what it's like trying to trying to come back from these kinds of deficits and such. Seven points is not a, a, a small number of, of points when you're this early in the season, when you're talking about a team that's trying to catch you, you know, nope. and now they, we blinked and they're six points ahead of Winnipeg. I know. I know. And, and AJ, I mean, it's not just talk about, you know, percentages and, and, and how good it is to be ahead of opponents that, at this time of year, even if it's November and you're, you know, but it, when it's six, seven, eight points, I mean, I'm just reading sportsclubstats.com tonight, a uh, very good site that gives you odds of every team that has a chance to make the playoffs of what those numbers are. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, 98.5% chance of making the playoffs right now, AJ. Uh, that's up 0.1% <laughs> from the win. <laughs> they still had a very good percentage before the game. It's gone up a point. Uh, 0.1, so 98.5. Only Nashville has a, a better chance of making the playoffs than the Colorado Avalanche right now at 99.2. Uh, the numbers after, I think Elliot Friedman of uh, our good friend Lapod, uh, Elliot Friedman has, you know, this thing where he, he does after, like, I think it's after November 1st of every year where he kind of keeps a list of teams that are in the playoffs by November 1st and it's December 1st, um, but yeah. December? Okay, December 1st. You're right. I, th- I knew I was wrong. December 1st, right. So we're coming up on that deadline. And if you're in the playoffs at that point, you have like an astronomical chance of making it. If you're not, it's a lot less. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado is, you know, playoffs. It's like, you know, starting to take that for granted a little bit. I'm not going to take it for granted just yet. But uh, I'm taking it pretty for granted right now, AJ. Um, that was, you know, that was not, not, it was an impressive win, not just from the fact that they, I thought they were the better team throughout. I know Pittsburgh has some better puck possession numbers, especially toward the end of the game. And as the game went along, I think that some of that has to do with the team that got a three, nothing lead, sat back a little bit. Score effects are definitely in play tonight. 
What was? Score effects. Yeah, okay. Tell us, tell the listeners what score effects mean again a little bit more. Uh, well, score score effects is it's just that's that's that you know um, you can look at it in the Nashville game last night as well you know you look at the 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 shot metrics the shot share the possession all that stuff uh, it was it was very very even the Avs had a slight edge and then they got a one goal lead in the third period and it was all Nashville from there you know because the team gets a lead in the third period and they protect it they're not they're not trying to go they're not taking big chances they're not doing yeah. all that. Team gets a three nothing lead in the NHL, uh, unless it's a total blowout like the Kings game last week, for example. Um, unless unless it's just a, a smashing uh, score effects is just the team gets a lead of multiple goals usually. Um, you know, certainly when you have a three goal lead, they're definitely in play where the other team starts to push back. Yeah, well, um, tonight they uh, I thought they were. I thought they came out flying tonight, you know, yeah. and let's get into the game. What we like best about the game uh, tonight. Uh, you know, to me, the start was great. I thought they were flying. I was surprised by that because of them playing last night on the road. So did Pittsburgh, of course. So you can't really, um, you know, you have to give them that, uh, you know, same equalizer, but I, I thought the Owls are really flying. I thought they, uh, we're just creating opportunities off the rush. It was it was still scoreless for a while, uh, and then finally, uh, you know, Sam Gerard breaks the scoring drought with or the drought of the game. He was all alone in the slot, gets a pass, and had a couple a second or two to actually tee up a shot, aim it, beat uh, beat that rent a mule in the goal, whoever he was, who uh. We'll get to him in a second. I thought he was a little, like a little acting a little big for his britches tonight. Uh, this goalie of theirs, uh, for a guy who's played like two games in his career, but uh, not a Tristan Jari fan, huh? <laughs> I mean, I thought he was just a little weird in the sense, like remember that that ridiculous uh, goalie interference that they challenged? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Kamenev. Skates through, doesn't touch him at all. He gets bumped into himself by by the goalie, and then and then when the right right call comes down, like of course that wasn't goalie interference. The guy throws up his arms in his air in the air like what? <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man, don't be a doofus. You're 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 a scrub goalie. You, you tried to sell a call. You, Video caught you not doing it. Yeah, I thought he was, I thought he was a strange goalie tonight. A guy who looks like he has a lot of moxie to him, but in the end, he got lit up for five goals. Um, I thought, uh, I thought just tonight, AJ, though that you know, I thought the Abs would play well tonight. I thought they'd come home. They're energetic. I thought they, I thought they'd get up for the Penguins team. Some factors in that, okay. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, you know, is going to want to play well against Sidney Crosby. Like that, that's his boy, but that's his mentor in a way. That's a, that's the big brother from Cole Harbor. You know, he's going to get up for it. So I thought he's going to be good. Uh, Rantanen, national TV, he's going to want to keep showing what he's doing. I thought he'd be good. Same with Landis Gug. 
Uh, Ian Cole wants to play well against his former team. I expected a good game out of him. Uh, Philip Grubauer playing on national TV for the first time, probably. I thought he'd be good. I, I just expected a, a, a lively game more than a team that was playing a second of a back-to-back. I didn't expect them to be coming out flying like they did, though. Yeah, it. Uh, I mean, they jumped out all over them, man, and they were without a doubt the better team early on in that game. And oh yeah, and uh, I mean, they. I I I had a conversation uh, off the record with an Avalanche player after the game. I won't talk about who it is, um, but I I said you guys made them look very pedestrian early on, yeah. and he kind of shrugged his shoulders and he said that's what we do to teams. Yeah. And again, off the record, but. That right there, I mean that 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 kind of that kind of conversation, you know that or that kind of response, it shows you just kind of the swagger they're playing with right now, the the way that the the confidence that they have and uh, the way that they're approaching this, where they're just saying, hey, we have a lot of speed, and that's what we want to do. We just want to skate teams into the ground, and uh, that's kind of their identity, and they've really taken to it. And I think that's a huge, huge, huge step for the team is to have an identity like that and to really embrace it the way that they have. It gives them, you know, more than just a coaching system, you know, X's and O's to buy into. They have a belief system of who they are as 23 guys, how they want to play. They want to, you know, you always want to play as a team and not five individuals on the ice. Uh, and and right now their their identity is – you know, we want to we want to be the the roadrunner. You know, we want to we want to we want to be the fastest team out there, and we want to just overwhelm teams. You know, with our with our speed and and to wear them down and to make them work hard in having to defend everything that we do. And uh, they've you know they're they're playing to that identity uh, at a really high level right now. Yeah, I mean, um, they're dictating the play to teams more often than not now. I mean, even even Tuesday night in Nashville, I thought they were – while I think Nashville is still a little better. Um, As a team, I would agree. You know, they're just – they're tough. They're mentally they, – they fly at you all the time. They're very organized. You know, I think the Avs got some individual plays in the end that beat Nashville, and that's great. Um, but you know, I thought they had just a, you know, top to bottom, uh, difference in, in, in skill and talent basically over a Pittsburgh Penguins team that is very, very good still, but you saw the avalanche just really outskate them at times, big time. Um, and it, it you know, it resulted in a three, nothing lead. Now, uh, I'd like to finish up the first segment here by sort of going over those last two goals and, uh, and, and, then, and then sort of leading up to what went wrong after that. We'll spend the second segment on that, kind of went wrong and how they got out of it. But, you know, uh, Gerard gets the first goal. Uh, the, the Avalanche got two more. It was 3 nothing late in the second period, and I'm thinking, well, you know, the game's over. Uh the the penguins can't skate with this team uh we we saw the you know mckinnon line just just 
Just flying. I mean, Nathan McKinnon tonight, Pierre Maguire on NBC had an interesting observation. He said, he said he he has not personally seen a a player this fast on the ice in just in general since Paul Coffey. Uh, Paul Coffey was damn fast, that's for sure. Uh, Great compliment. What are your thoughts on that, AJ? First of all, I mean, I think there's some pretty fast players in the league still, but yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I, I think McDavid's faster, obviously. Yeah, uh, but but McDavid's the difference. Faster. I was just gonna say the, the, the difference faster. that I think with McKinnon is his explosiveness, uh, because there was a, there were two different sequences tonight where um, the puck retrieval, McKinnon just decided he wanted the puck. Yeah, and it was there was it was. Uh, loose pucks into the corner both times and he just went 100 miles an hour and it made it look like everybody else in the zone his teammates included were going 35 miles an hour it's kind of like when you're on the highway and the the guy that passes you is going so fast you don't even see him in your rearview mirror and he just blazes by you and your car kind of like rocks a little bit in his wake that's kind of what he looked like out there on on the, a couple of different occasions where when he wants to, his first couple of steps are just dominant. I mean, they, they, they're, they're just so special. And that's really what makes him who he is. When you talk about speed, it's not so much his top end speed. That's great. You know, that's where McDavid is special, but it's, it's the explosion of those first couple of steps for McKinnon, where his separation, it happens so fast. And guys, a guy can know that. And it, he can't do a damn thing about it. Yeah, you know, and and that's what makes him. That's that's what makes him so unstoppable because there's literally nothing, nothing that a single defenseman in the NHL can do to stop him when he does that, because nobody can keep up with him. It's just it's just a physical prowess that he has nobody else has, and that's just it. Like that's the end of the story. Yeah, I mean, it's still hard to be a D-man fully wide on a wide end around, but he he can split the up the through the dots pretty pretty easily uh, a lot. And if he if he does get closed off, let's say by a couple converging D through the dots, he he's able to find Rantanen or Landeskog for really good chances. So he's not just driving like a bull anymore to the puck to the net like he used to with the puck. He's holding up. He's done the curl back move since the start of last year. And he's finding those other teammates when he does get that head of steam. He knows he can put on the brakes all of a sudden, get everybody skidding past him, and either take a really good shot himself or, you know, if if the team, if the D does manage to sort of stop with him, he can find him a rantman off to the side. Uh, he was great tonight. I thought uh, Nathan McKinnon was uh, uh, made a national sort of coming out party in some ways tonight. A lot of people probably haven't been able to see him in different different areas of the country uh, tonight on NBC Sports Network. It was, you know, you know, Penguins fans and a lot of Eastern Conference fans and hockey fans in general are going to want to watch Sidney Crosby, but tonight. Now, taking nothing from Crosby, who scored a hat trick and nearly stole the show tonight, <laughs> Nathan McKinnon showed that 
really, he's the new kid on the block. Crosby's the older guy who's trying to hold on, but Nathan is right now the the hot new uh, sexy flavor of the month in a way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's the the dominant player in the NHL right now. He was, I mean, it's he's I mean, still not leading league in scoring. That's Miko Rantanen, who his linemate and who had another fine game tonight. But uh, you know that 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 third goal that Nate set up to to uh, to Colin Wilson was was special. I mean, Tyson Jones comes wheeling out of the corner, finds Nate Mack who. Could have had a you know a sh- good chance from the right side, but had that extra second of patience and finds you know who but who who but Colin Wilson somehow standing out there must have been an extended shift for someone that Wilson was still out there uh, p- puts it in a, an empty net basically that was a great pass that was sort of shades of McKinnon to Landeskog in in uh, game five of. Nashville series, right? A little bit. Yeah. That 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 extra second of patience. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that in uh, either the grades or the. Uh, oh, you did. The, okay. The I did. I had the same thought as you did. Where oh, that, extra second, that extra second of patience is what makes him so special uh, with the puck. Well, we never used to see that though. Like he no. never would have done a pass like that. He, he his playmaking ability really wasn't very good the first few years. Two two years ago, he shoots that puck, and yeah. for whatever whatever it was that clicked, he, with it, he rushes year, it, or he you know right, he probably rushes it, misses maybe misses the net, missed a lot of that nets so those first couple of those in between years there. But no, it's, he had that patience, and he sets up Colin Wilson for a tap in. Uh, that was a three nothing edge for the Avs. It looked like it was uh, just name your score from there. It t- didn't turn out that way. The Penguins made a charge. Uh, we're going to get into that in our second segment here. Uh, what happened there and how the Avs responded, though, which was the biggest takeaway from that for me was how they responded. We're going to get into that more in our second segment. That'll do it for the first here on the BSN Avalanche podcast. Join us around the bend here for more exciting hockey talk. Hey, everybody. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tasters, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. 
Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back into the BSN Avalanche podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. The best coffee in Denver for CBD infused coffee, other varieties as well. Check it out. Get your discount at Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, go to StravaCraftCoffee.com. Load in the BSN Avalanche podcast, BSN 2018. Get yourself 20% off on some delicious, really peaceful coffee to drink not only peaceful aj but hypes you up a little bit too does both somehow i don't know how that works but they do it stravacroft coffee is the way to go uh i know we all drink it at the office uh bsn analyst podcast tonight is another victorious session here folks we're just breaking down another avalanche win the avalanche is sixth in a row they moved to within one point of First place, not only in the Central Division, but in the entire Western Conference with the victory tonight. 6-3 to three over the Pittsburgh Penguins, despite a bunch of bandwagon, stub-hubbing, Pittsburgh, Yinzer-loving Pitt fans in the building. The, uh, the Avalanche send those fools home, crying in their towels and their little terrible towels. Two days after the Steelers got bounced right out of this city, so uh, AJ... You know, the game tonight was 3 nothing. after uh, – did it go into the second period 3 nothing? Yeah, I think it was 2 nothing after the first period and then uh, 3 nothing after that. I could be wrong on those numbers. What I do know is it's 3 nothing pretty well into the second period and I see Z- Nikita Zadorov winding up for a huge slap shot that I think, hey, that, that might make it 4 nothing. What happens next was these stick blade breaks in half. He rushes to the bench right away without noticing that, oh, Sidney Crosby's down by the other blue line, ready to accept a pass. Crosby gets the pass, beats uh, Philip Grubauer on a breakaway goal. Second chance, stood up to video review. 3-1. 20 seconds to go in the period. Uh, Eric Johnson fails to get a puck deep, kind of got it intercepted at the blue line, backed out it comes. Patrick Nemeth tackles, I think, Brian Rust off on a rush. Gives the Penguin the power play, then Crosby scores from a ridiculously horrible angle. A, a muff goal by Philip Grubauer's 3-2. to two. AJ, uh, the Penguins tied at 3-3. At that point, as Nathan McKinnon said tonight after the game, we probably would have folded from there. Why do you think the Avalanche did not fold from there and actually went on to win the game? Uh, well, because they're, 
they're comfortable on this. I mean, do you think they're just like, okay, yeah, we I mean, they got three on us, but the good news is we're still tied. We're in our home building. We got 15 minutes to go. We got the best line in hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think this is where uh, I think this is another one of those situations that's a reflection of Bednar as a coach uh, and the slow heartbeat and the the what's done is done mentality that he kind of exudes at all times where, OK, yeah. that's that's what's happened. Now we're this is the situation we're in now. How we got here doesn't matter. What matters is we just got to put our head back down and we got to get back to work. We got to we got to get back to playing our way. Uh, do you know get get be, we have to be committed to playing and and doing the things that uh, we are uh, committed to doing and and we'll be successful and then they did that that's exactly what they did you can see on the um on the the shot share chart from natural stat trick that we always reference they got their third goal and the avalanche immediately dominated play up until uh, they took another penalty killed the penalty and then got back to even strength and scored immediately like immediately yeah they had some big penalty kills there i mean that that was i thought you know pittsburgh you know gosh if they score here just the abs are gonna i mean that was the i think that was the carl soderberg hooking call right um, um he, he tripped the guy in the tripped in the yeah right he tripped him carl soderberg kind of a uh, uncharacteristic bad penalty on Carl, but uh, they they killed the penalty very well. They 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 didn't give up much. Uh, I, I, there was one sequence I think where Crosby was open on the right side, and he was about to accept a pass, but uh, I can't remember who broke it up a little bit. But it got broken up just the last second. Otherwise, that would have been a goal, uh, and Crosby would have had four goals and. I think they probably – I think that probably would have been such a shock to the system that the Avalanche might have had trouble overcoming that. But when they killed that penalty off, it was it was like, okay, you've given up a bunch of shots now. And I think I thought the Avs did start skating again, and they, uh, they earned that fourth goal, even though it wasn't a pure goal for Gabriel Landeskog. It was tipped by uh, – yeah, redirected off a uh, kid Ricola. Ricola. Uh and four three game, and that was that was it. That was the game winner. Uh to me, I took a good look at the Avs on the bench when it was three three. You know, they they've just you know, they, they go into the period, kind of stumble a little bit. Gruby gives up a horrible goal. Um, just a brutal goal. Crosby comes out, gets the hattie. Then there's there's hats all over the Pepsi Center ice. Now you're right. The old Avalanche would have been like, you know, hanging their heads, looking down, looking weird, looking scared. It would have been. It would have been poor us. Yeah, it would. But yeah, poor us. Instead, I saw a group on the bench, Nathan McKinnon, especially looking straight ahead, looking, just looking like. Yeah, not happy at the moment, but looking like we're gonna we're gonna keep fucking battling, you know, and uh, and that's what they, that's what happened. That's they 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 took their Penguins' best shot, and then they delivered their own counter punch, and uh, off they went off the go off the Penguins go back to wherever they're going, losers of uh, of a hockey game. Uh, the the Avalanche, I thought, you know, 
I thought that's a crucial kind of statement kind of game in a way. I think tonight was a big night for the Avs. I really do. I think it's a big 48 hours because I think yeah. slaying the Demons in Nashville and then yep. turning around and yep. beating beating Sydney Crosby um, and, yep. and the Penguins. On national after, TV. On national – and after blowing a lead. Right. Like and, – right. and then all of a sudden because, I mean, that's gut check time. That's that's – those are the those are the moments that reveal the character of your hockey team, you know, yep. when you're in a bad spot like that. And they responded in exactly the way we've seen them respond to adversity time and time again, going back a, a full year now. Yeah, and I, I think Gruby gets some credit too. I thought Gruby, despite that brutal goal, made a three-two. You know. Uh, Made some good saves after when it was 3-3. Uh, I think the kid Simone, when he deflected the puck, remember that glove save off the deflection? Yeah. Uh, kind of a read there. That was a good save. Yeah, uh, it was It was a sassy save for sure. It was a sassy save, but he, you know, he also had, uh, you know, I thought he I thought he was just strong looking. Um, so I like that about him tonight. I, I thought he was like, well, you know, um, he could have folded. You know, he could have gone into a shell too after a goal like that. I mean, the second goal was just uh, was horrible. It was embarrassing. It was like running the wrong way on the football field, like Jim Marshall or something for a hundred yards. And he just those goals are just every goalie's nightmare. But he, he he stuck with it. He made the next save. You know, he did allow that next Crosby goal. But uh, that was that was a kind of a goal where Crosby out muscled. Uh, I want to say it was Calvert in front of the net. Uh, scored the goal. Good goal. Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby. What do you want? Uh, <clears throat> what do you think of the trip at the end that was not called? Uh, Landeskog trips Chris Letang. It's a trip. Yeah. I mean, we can agree that it was a slew foot trip. Yeah. But – Maybe maybe why he didn't get the call, I'm thinking, is because he sort of laid down looking like he got shot. You know, for for me, man, look, uh, I've got two points on this, okay? Because I, I, I watched it um, a couple different times here. Um, the, the, whole, the whole sequence I watched a couple of different times, okay? Um, and my, my thoughts are, it's definitely a trip. Yeah, it's and, a trip. And there's no, there's no doubt about it. And everybody whining about it can shut the hell up because Crosby got away with hooking McKinnon on his hands in the neutral zone like 10 seconds earlier. Yeah. And if you just wind back the tape, what are you going to say to that? I mean, what what would a, what would a Pens fan have to say about that shit? At that point, they said, hey, we're we're packing it up and we're going to uh, we're going to you know, we're going to let the, the boys on the ice decide this game for better or worse. Chris Letang can be pissed all he wants, but you wind that tape back far enough, um, and and that whining just has to stop, man. The Avs had 19 Whoa. seconds of power play time tonight. 19 goddamn yeah, I, seconds. I was just going to say, the Avs had 19 Pittsburgh seconds defense. of power play time tonight. The Pittsburgh defense was defending like they had Richard Mavichuk and Darian Hatcher out there mugging Peter Forsberg. Every goddamn yeah. shift, they were out there, yeah. and it was, it, was, it was getting obnoxious at one point. I even turned to the guy who uh, writes for the, the Penguins website for NHL.com. Yeah. I turned to him and I was like, honestly, they're going to have to call the Denver police at some point because this mugging needs to stop. <laughs> like, 
it was getting it was getting embarrassing. Oh. I was honestly, I was like, what are they watching, man? Because Miko Miko Rantanen is getting turned around. He's getting tackled. He's getting bear hugged while he has the goddamn puck, and they're not doing anything about it. They're just letting it go. And so for there to be any kind of any any kind of people being up in arms whatsoever about Landeskog getting away with, yeah, it was an obvious trip. But if you want to play that game, you know what? The you had you also don't don't lay down like you're just that you had it. You had a tie game. Don't you had a three-three oh. game, huh? You had yeah, a three-three game, and you had a power play in the third period. It's on you. It's on your team. Pittsburgh yeah. didn't get it done, and that's the end of the story. They yeah. had their opportunities, and Colorado just flat out finished. I yeah. don't want to hear any of that bullshit. And you don't lay down like he just got shot. Latang lays down like he got shot. He's burying his head in his hands. Then he doesn't see the call. He springs back to life and charges toward the net. When he, when his little gambit of playing dead didn't work, he he cost himself that goal in a way by not getting back and defending what could have been a block of Nathan McKinnon's shot. So then he doubles down on his little whiny tantrum and slap and breaks a stick over the, uh, the goal post. Good. Uh, Break another bad, one. Too bad. So sad. Uh, you got plenty of non-calls go your way that game, too. So uh, it all evens out there, pal. Head back to Yinzer country and uh, take the law. Take the L. So a uh, couple other points about the game. Uh, you know, no Tyson Berry tonight. Uh, we don't think he's hurt too seriously, right? But we don't really know, do we? Um. Hopeful he'll be on the road trip, doubtful yeah. Friday. Yeah, I hope to have, you know, a million dollars in my account by next week. I don't like the sounds of this, really. Usually when they've already written a guy off for the next game and they've kind of already pounced. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like it could be uh, – I'm going to bet it's kind of a groin with him. Uh, but we'll see. I, it doesn't matter. It's – it, it it was definitely noticeable without him at times tonight, right? Because they did get hemmed in their own zone a couple of times. The uh, the the always entertaining duo of Mark Barbario and Patrick Demuth were were certainly at their spooky best tonight at times, right? Uh, <laughs> so you know that's that's a little. That tonight was – I mean, I was a little petrified every time Nemeth was on the ice tonight, AJ. I don't know about you, but uh, what, what did you think? I didn't I didn't think the bottom pairing was that bad. I thought they were a hell of a lot better than they were in Pittsburgh. I don't know why Patrick Nemeth continued to attack Brian Rust like he did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, was like, the guy that he, he literally – Tackled like, him. Like just tackled him for his penalty. Yeah, Four-yard game for Ross, second and six Penguins, you know? Straight up, man. And, well, and then he tried to do it again in the third period. And I was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, Nikola Jokic is in the house, not John Elway. Like, what are you What are you thinking, man? And not to pick on our man, Barbs, who's got that great Freddie Mercury stash, Movember mash right now, but, uh, but uh, you know what his problem is? It's just when he gets the puck – he tries to hit people with like 98 mile an hour slap shot passes up the middle. People can't handle those. That's why his piss passes are always getting going nowhere. That's what led to a big scrambly sequence, I think, in the second period. 
he just he can't make that little soft saucer to anybody, right? He has to throw a Nolan Ryan fastball at everybody, and they, you know it's usually at a guy's feet. Uh, that, that's the biggest thing he has to work on. Maybe Sean Aller can just work on skills like just soft pass marks, soft, soft. Namaste. You know, no need to f- force that crap. Um, yeah, just just take a deep breath, Barbs, and and few make, other pass uh, that can yeah. be handled, buddy. A few other tips of the cap to tonight, and maybe for the Avs. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I thought you know Tyson Jost really attacked the puck. I thought well, a little fell off a little bit toward the end of the game, but yeah, you know, you know, lost in the Sidney Crosby love affair about his hat trick is the fact that he got clowned twice for goals against. The yeah. first one with Ranton in that made him look like a starfish while he's that's right out on the ice, and yep. the second one where Tyson Jost just straight up outworks him, gets to the puck, was in the process of drawing a penalty from him, except they scored, and he yeah. made he made a perfect pass to McKinnon, who obviously found Wilson for the goal, but straight up clowned uh, Sidney Crosby in the corner, like Tyson Jost, beast man. Yep. Pierre Maguire was saying tonight that he, the first time he saw Joe that he really looked scared around the puck, but tonight now he looks really wants the puck, and I've noticed that too. Oh, he's attacking it. Totally, totally yeah. different uh, mindset. Yep, and the points are there to prove it. Um, uh, you know the the rest of the you know the rest of the game i mean you know i thought sam gerard was outstanding uh oh, yeah. i don't know what you gave him as a grade i know he's struggled a little bit time with this course lately but i think i gave him an a minus yeah i mean i you know that goal was was a great you, shot i mean kidding me it was awesome. uh, i i just thought he was he was really good he was he was whirling twirling tonight and in control uh, Nemeth and Barbario gave me semi-heart attacks. Uh, but uh, overall, I mean, I thought this team played well tonight, you know. Uh, I thought the Penguins got a fluky, lucky bounce on Z's broken stick that leads to a breakaway for Sidney Crosby. The second goal was horrible. I mean, I think the Penguins really scored, you know, really one legitimate goal tonight that they deserved. And that was it. I mean, I think the Avalanche just, Pretty much flat out outplayed them for large portions of the game. Not dominant at times. Penguins are a good team. Still got a lot of talent. Um, they definitely they definitely had their runs at the Avs tonight. But uh, I just thought the Avs were. I always felt pretty confident about this game, no matter what. Even when it was three three, I wasn't really wasn't panicked at all. And I think that comes through with this team now that they're not they're not panicking. And that, that's the difference from the old days. Uh, AJ, we're going to wrap up the second segment, I guess. Uh, anything more you want to add before we head to the break? No. All right. We're going to take a break here. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. We'll be right back around the bend. 
The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Before we jump into our next segment, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. Listen, guys, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they are delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off of a $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the code BSN10 to save $10 off of your $50 purchase for all of your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use the promo code BSN10 for $10 off your next order. That's promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app for $10 off your next liquor delivery today. And welcome into the... BSN Avalanche Podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee, CBD-infused coffee, best thing for your aches and pains, plus a very delicious cup of coffee every single morning. Wintertime, AJ, caught cup of coffee in the morning is, is where it's at. Uh, I know you agree, uh, for the most part, you're not a huge coffee drinker, but uh, I'm going to keep working on you for that, get some of that Strava CBD-infused coffee in you. This, this you missed the game tonight. Uh, well, you were at home. I had four cups of coffee during the game. You had coffee tonight? I did. I was struggling badly. Wow. I had four cups of it. I kept going back and back and back. You living dangerously on the edge person, you. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Wow. It was well, not good. No wonder, you're up at two, no wonder you're up at 2.30 a.m. right now doing this podcast with me. You're <laughs> well, and I'm not going to bed anytime soon. I'm, I'm totally wired. That's the post-game lifestyle, dude. I know yeah. all about it. That's why I was not at the game tonight, but I'm still up here at 2.30. It is hard to unwind after a game, but, uh, well, hey, you know what? The peace and wellness of Stravakoff coffee will do that to you as well. Put you to sleep. A little sleepy time coffee, actually, in a way. So check that out, BSN listeners. BSN 2018. Plug that promo code in the Strava website. Get yourself 20% off. Delivered right to your door. Uh, AJ, 6-3 win tonight. Avalanche, six in a row. Uh, Avalanche, our life. Avalanche are, 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 are arguably the best team in hockey right now. Not quite, probably, but they're getting there, right? I would, say, I would say right now third best team in hockey behind Buffalo and Washington. But yet, you know they're not. You know they're better than Buffalo, right? 
I mean, I well, know stats wise, they've got a they've got a they've got a six one beating over them that says so. You think Washington's actually better than the Avs though, too? No, no. I just those those both those are both teams on long winning streaks. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that you know Nashville. I think Winnipeg is still tough. Uh, I don't know if I just the Avs never don't they just don't match up very well against Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, I mean, I. I think uh, Tampa Bay is still really good. Uh, I think Toronto yeah, is really good. I think Washington's good. Um, I think Nashville and Winnipeg are both really good. Although Winnipeg is really kind of blah right now. Like they're not playing very good hockey. I mean, I think the I think that the, the t- probably the top three teams if I had to name still are, are Tampa Bay, Nashville, Winnipeg. Um, I think Washington is one and out, one and done. Uh, I mean, in terms of winning a cup, I think I don't think Washington wins the cup again either. Yeah. But I think they're—I mean—they're really good right now. Um, Won six but, in a row. But anyway, but the game tonight was 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 you know a game that they wouldn't have won this game in the past either. They would have come home tired. They would have had a big win over a team. Then they would have got self-satisfied, come back home and lost it. Right. That's not that team anymore. This is a team that wants to play <clears throat> hockey every single night if it can. Mm-hmm. Not every night, but they love to play. And well, and they like we, to play hockey. They, they enjoy playing the game with each other. They have a system. They they know. I think you know this team knows each other pretty well, right? I mean, you know, all these guys are playing pretty regularly together now for like you know a full two calendar seasons, really since. You know, for most of these guys, I mean, at least at least a year and a half for a lot of them. Um, you know, uh, yeah, well, I mean, all the core guys certainly have been together for quite a while. Uh, and yeah, I think, you know, and then you had, you know, I mean, even guys like Andrew Ghetto, Barbario, they've been here a couple, three years. It, you know, the newer guys from last year, like, are still, but they, I feel like they're part of the core now in a way, too. Like, Kerfoot, I think Jose is getting into that core. Uh, then JT, I mean, JT is, is, I mean, what a, by the way, what a revelation JT has been, right? Since he came back, just like we all kind of got sick of JT for a while, but when he was out, we really missed him and we've seen why, you know, he'll probably go in the slump again and we'll all be saying, I wasn't sick of him. It was just frustrated because he wasn't, he was, he was getting chances last season, but he just couldn't finish any of them. Yeah, and he still scored 13 goals, though. So. Yeah, well, and it was just that he, it could have been more. You know, know, there was, been a lot and it, and it wasn't been like imaginary more. You know, it wasn't like, a oh, season. It wasn't, it wasn't like Joe's 22 points where you're like, oh, we expect him to do better, you know, like you're, you're projecting. There were tangible things that he could have easily corrected that would have resulted in a more prolific season, and right now he's done that. And he's, yeah. I mean, that fourth line they rolled out tonight uh, with Andrew Ghetto, Kamenev, and Comfer, that between that 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 size, that skill, that playmaking, that defensive ability, that's a fourth line that you're going to be able to match up with uh, against other fourth lines and have a real advantage with every night. And yeah. I mean that line that line ate up Pittsburgh's fourth line tonight. Yeah, uh, it did, and I, you know, poor Matt Calvert. I mean, if he if he could score a goal or two here or there, he's had so many chances. Uh, you know, the, that would. That would make you feel even better about their third line, which you know, Carl added that nice coup de gras to the 
pads with that goal, like five, ten seconds left. Little stat padding. Carl just comes down and rips one. Um, yeah. Matt Nieto had a breakaway tonight, but he missed it. Uh, he's still kind of the uh, sore thumb on the team, a little bit sticking out. Not really. Doesn't seem like he's really ingrained in the team makeup make this year. I think Nieto's been really good the last three games. Uh, yeah, I don't know about really good, but I'll say that he was, you know, part of a winning team tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, the lineup changes from last night. We we harped all, you know, a lot of fans got on Bednar, uh, but but he he must have heard one of it, part of it at least. He Bork goes back on the bench for Kamenev. Uh, seemed to work tonight, although Kamenev. Did take that one penalty. You called it a lazy penalty on Twitter. Um, I think I agree with that. He's he, he tends to reach at times, but I you know I thought he was engaged in the play otherwise, and and uh, I think Gabriel Bork is. <clears throat> I mean, all things equal, he should be planning on that bench for a while now. I would think if if unless there's another injury and it needs to come in, uh, I think that I think they've got a role with Kamenev. Most of the time, no. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think nine games out of ten. Yeah. Uh, he needs, you know, he needs to stop with the lazy penalties. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I think his game has turned the corner to the point where you shouldn't keep him out of the lineup. All right. Uh, we're going to finish up the pod here. I know we asked for your questions on the uh, comment section of the pod. We've been getting a ton of them. Thank you for all those. We used to get like, yeah, a couple, three questions here on our uh, podcast posts on the site. Now we're getting regularly in double figures. So, uh, AJ, I know you've got a few teed up. You want to read some of those off and we'll address them? Yeah. Um, Interesting question to start off yeah. uh, from Matt Ewins. Ewins. Uh, inside baseball question for the Potters. When the Avalanche are on the road, how do the hotel kitchens deal with the team? Are there special arrangements in place to cater to the dietary preferences of the players? Or do the players pick off menus like us regular schlubs? Thanks. Uh, I can answer that. Well, no, the, the Avs have a... Uh... What, what the Avs do on game days is they go back to the team hotel after the morning skate and they have a, uh, a prepared meal and it, it doesn't necessarily, they don't travel with their own chef, but they have an, a list of things that they want the hotel to provide them at that team meal. So, you know, they'll give a recipe, a list of things and it's up to the hotel or the catering, whoever's catering for that hotel to, to supply it, and usually it's a hotel staff that's on hand to, to tend to it. It's usually buffet style. It's usually, you know, what you think it would be. It's it's pasta, it's meat, it's steak, it's chicken, it's uh, salad, it's some yogurt. It's 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 that kind of stuff. It's not going to be pizza and, you know, uh, cheeseburgers <laughs> and uh, all the stuff I'd want to eat. Right now, but um, you know it's uh, it's catered by the hotel. Um, sometimes it's you know made on staff right there by the the hotel uh, you know itself. And usually they're staying in very very nice hotels, so that the kitchens can make that. But often it's sort of catered in by some outside group. Um, 
yeah, it's like a contract the, with the hotel. It's uh, the the hotel signed sales agreements with the uh, with the NHL teams, uh, and they have a, they have like a guideline of things that they have to provide whenever yeah. whenever the teams are in town. Um, yeah. I learned all about this when I was working in the hotel industry. Right, uh, that's right. You have you have experience in the hospitality industry. Yeah, and the uh, when the cutthroats were a thing, uh, the opposing teams that would play the cutthroats used to stay at our hotel. So, wow. Very, very familiar with how that works. All very G-rated behavior, I'm sure, at those teams, right? Uh, uh, I mean, those are guys who are making like, yeah. <laughs> those are the ten. Those are the. Ten, <laughs> I won't say anything too out of school those, here. Those, a lot of those guys were making like. Those are the. Those are the teams though that want to live it up more on the road because they know they're not going to be on the road for that much longer. <laughs> well, some, of, some of them, yeah. Some of those yeah. guys are a real handful. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, not making great livings. Those cats from the CHL. Uh, when the Abs go on their team plane after games, uh, they have catered meals prepared by you know the, the uh, charter airplane staff. So they eat a meal after the games, usually on the plane. Uh, night before games, though, they all go out to their own dinners. Uh, they get meal money. I think it's over $100 a day right now. I think it's like 108 per diem. And when they go on the road, that let's say they're on a seven-day road trip, AJ. Uh, they Whatever that per diem is, 108 115 whatever the hell it is now, uh, they have to be paid like seven days worth of cash. It has to be cash. Yep. And they get an envelope before they get on the plane, and that's their meal money. And if it's a seven day trip, they've got eight hundred dollars in cash in their pockets. Yeah. Uh, I uh, funny story. Um, I was sitting in the press box my first year covering the team, sitting next to a couple of uh, players uh, from the team that was in Denver that night. And one of them had opened up his envelope and was going through his per diem. And he had discovered uh, that he had blown his per diem at the strip club the night before. <laughs> and he was very visibly upset that he only had like 30 bucks left in his per diem. <laughs> and I won't, you know, obviously I won't get into who, who it was or any, but it was, it was definitely very, very funny to me because I, you know, it was my first year covering it and, to see him like open up the envelope and he was counting it. And then he got really upset, like vocally upset and was talking to his teammates about it. And I was just sitting there like, Oh my God. And he was, uh, that's he been was going happen. on and on about uh, the, the, you know, the strip club he went to and um, you yeah. know, how he, how he spent it and how it was just money thrown away and blah, 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 blah. And I just, it was hysterical. There's a story in my book, Blood Feud, about the, the team PR guy for the Red Wings who uh, <clears throat> had gone out uh, to a uh, to a gentleman's establishment, let's put it that way, and uh, similar to your player, uh, he didn't just lose all but 30 bucks. He lost all his money, uh, and he was on the bus the next day lamenting that as well, and all of a sudden he sees this uh, – over his shoulder on the bus, he sees a little wad of bills come to his face, and it's Steve Eiserman handing him four hundred dollars of his per diem money. And uh, guys are giving Eiserman grief about that. Like, what are you doing, giving that schlub PR guy four hundred bucks? You know, and Eiserman was like, "Hey, man, he was out representing us last night." You know, so 
so here you know, we're gonna gonna we're gonna take care of him here, and we're gonna get him back to get him back some cash. So the uh, the per diem money is interesting. Most guys hoard it. Most guys will try to bum a free meal as much as they can, and usually there's every opportunity that they can do that. Uh, the only time they're usually caught having to p- maybe pay for a meal themselves is that night before the road game where they get in off the plane. Let's say they get into a hotel, they check in at you know four o'clock in the afternoon. They all make you know, then they all convene down in the lobby an hour or two later. And uh, off they go to dinner. Usually, they'll spend some of that cash on their dinner, but very often they'll play spin the credit card game, uh, right. throw the cards in a hat, and whoever picks out the card has to pay for the whole dinner. Yeah. Um, Famous game. It's a game that I'm not allowed to play. Yeah, I'm not allowed to play that either. Yeah. That shit uh, would get declined. So, so yeah, but usually those guys are pretty. You'd be surprised how uh, how stingy they are with that meal money. Like they hoard it, they come back and stuff it in a coffee can or something. And I mean, it's it's free money. Yeah, it's free money. And you know, it's five six day road trip. You know, you're talking about six seven hundred bucks. Right. I mean, you're talking about hundred dollars a day. I mean, come on. It's a uh, hundred dollar meal money a day. Hell, I mean. <laughs> I can get by on five dollars. Yeah, I was right? gonna say, what the hell are these guys eating? I mean, I can eat a skin game at the gas station. Okay, that's breakfast. That's ninety nine cents. Then I can upgrade to like a, a gas station, uh, you know, uh, egg McMuffin sandwich or something. It's been sitting under the grill for twelve hours. All right, that's yeah. two bucks. Let's say it's dollar fifty for that. I got a whole two fifty for dinner. I mean, two Big Macs and a let's say three bucks. Two Big Macs and a small fry. I'm good. Yeah. Two, two cheeseburgers at McDonald's and a small fry. I'm good. All right, we All we've right. answered one question. <laughs> let's uh let's try and t- tackle some of these maybe a little more quickly. Yeah, let's get through this. Question for the podcast from Nels: Is it weird that losing seems to be following Duchesne and O'Reilly? <laughs> Not a loaded question at all. I mean, I just I think I thought it was an interesting question. Like <laughs> Duchesne's having a career year. The Senators are terrible. O'Reilly proved that he was right in that he was certainly worthy of being paid more than what the ads wanted. Um, I don't know that seven and a half is appropriate, but he's still a top notch two way guy and he's, he's scoring like crazy now for St. Louis. Um, But again, terrible. What's up with that? Well, you have any thoughts on that? Or is it just one of those Buffalo was, always going to be a tough proposition sure, for, but they get rid of him and they're at the top of the NHL standings. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think he feels about that? Well, I mean, look, both of those guys are looking at Colorado right now. Like, man, I'd probably rather be there. Yeah. Yeah. Of course though, Matt Duchesne scores a batting out of a goal midair to beat the flyers last night, which yeah, that was, that was super aggravating game. for Avs fans who want to see the Sens lose. Is that against Pickard too? Uh, I don't. I don't remember. But I know. well, Pickard got waved today, so I'm thinking maybe that was his last goal ever for a Flyer goalie. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's a fair question in a way, but uh, you know, the fact is that they've been their best players on those teams. So, 
So that's that's the key. They can't be the best players on winning teams. Yeah, that's probably is true. Like they can't be the best players because it's that's not going to be good for overall team success. Maybe I don't know, but uh, I, I did watch O'Reilly tonight against Detroit. He was good. I mean, he was he made a lot of really nice plays. And what happened? Well, I know. Well, what happened was Jake Allen let a big juicy rebound with like four minutes to go to Tyler Bertuzzi, and that was that. So what you're saying is. They lost. Yeah. But, yeah, it wasn't O'Reilly's fault, I don't think. I don't think he was on the ice cycle. Yeah, let's, let's have our schadenfreude at them. Sure. I mean, yeah, we can laugh all we want right now. Right O'Reilly will be here today. They're, 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 they're looking on the outside in at the, the mighty powerhouse that is the Colorado Avalanche right now, and they're just uh, skating for fools. In Ottawa and St. Louis. So, yeah, go ahead. Go live it up. I don't care. I mean, it's fine. They they certainly probably laughed on their way out of town here, thinking they uh, they got out of a bad situation. Uh, didn't, didn't, turn out that so, didn't turn out so much for them, did it? So, yeah, I mean, both of those goes. Go ahead, Adam. Feel, 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 uh, feel, feel shot and freudish, but, you know, always keep in mind that, you know, the flower pot can turn over quick, as uh, Pierre Lacroix used to say. Okay. All right, next question. Yeah, next question. Uh, from Luke Hawking. He says, Luke Hawking. He says, hey, guys, hope you're all well and enjoyed the holiday last week. Thanksgiving, depending on when you read this. My question for today is, knowing some franchises are franchises are in need of a goalie and one or maybe two, Philly and Edmonton specifically, might be more desperate. Should, do, should Joe dangle Varley and start the transition to Grubauer a bit earlier? knowing that he's the goalie of the next few years and starting to get him accustomed to our defense earlier. So it was less of a learning curve come playoffs. Also, if trading Varley happens, what would you be looking for in a return? Have an awesome day. Sober Luke from Winnipeg. Yo, you Luke. Well, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you do. You don't on, on this answer. Um, probably depends on the day of the week or how I answer this. Uh, uh, I think Calgary is the one who needs a goalie more than Edmonton, by the way. I think Calgary is the one that's, that's desperate for a goalie. So would the Avalanche want to trade to, uh, to the Calgary Flames? Well, they've done that before. <clears throat> but uh, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I, I don't like seeing guys get away scot-free like Varley could. On the other hand, I don't, don't know if I want everything entrusted to Philip Grubauer from there on out either. Uh, it's a tough call. I don't know what to say. I don't think they're going to get a whole lot for a Varlamov as a rental player. Um, cause I just don't think, uh, well, I just don't think that, uh, any team that's going to try to get Varley. I mean, do you really think he's, they think he's going to be the final piece to a Stanley cup puzzle? Um, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would say think Calgary Flames think that he, you know, ah, we got Varley now. We can go to win the cup. I mean, I think uh, he'd be a huge upgrade over whatever Philadelphia uh, yeah, is trying. For sure, like Mike Smith. Mike Smith looks really old and really terrible right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think Calgary they've got a slew of good young guys that they're they can they can at least try with for for a while. I think Philly is really the big one right now that they're oh, they're a disaster. They they want to win now and they have a pretty good roster, but their goaltending betrays everything they're trying to do. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. And they, they're tough. They're in a hole because if, if they're going to get a really good goalie, they're going to have to give up some, some really good player in return. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they're that close anyway. Either. I don't think that, I don't think that roster is, is good enough to win a cup, even with a good goalie. I mean, I think their forwards are good, but their defense is still pretty, pretty mediocre. Um, I, uh, I'm torn on that because I am a person who believes in business and you've got to get what you can. Uh, you know, I don't know if Farley would ever want to take a, you know, a two year deal to stay, let's say at a little shorter money. Whereas going out on the free agent market and getting some kind of silly, you know, five year, you know, uh, $35 million deal from like a Florida Panthers or something, you know, it just, there's always one of those teams that'll do that. So if I were him, I'd say, yeah, I want the five and 35, not two and 10 to stay with Colorado, you know? So, can I ask you that question? Yeah, a little closer to the deadline. <laughs> I think that's what I need to answer that question fully. Okay. Um, time for one or two more? Yeah, and we've got uh, coming up on the end of them here. Coming up on the end of the real ones, not the silly ones. Um, Let's see here. This is a prospect question. Um, okay, I guess let's go with this. Uh, from Breck10, he says, let's all agree that JT Comfer is a freaking animal. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and it seems to me that he and the two youngsters on the second line have some serious chemistry. Not to knock Colin Wilson, but JT is just better with those two. When will Bedner stop being stubborn and put him with those two? What do you guys think? Also, <laughs> any Timmons updates? I haven't heard anything for a while, and it's scary if he's not even skating. I don't I don't know how many times we can go over this Connor Timmons thing, where we say he's skating, he's not skating. Last time he wasn't skating, and he started skating literally the next day. Um, yeah. They haven't really been in town, and when they have been, they haven't been practicing. We don't really know what's up with, with Connor Timmons. Again, for the 10 millionth time on this one, um, if we have an update on Connor Timmons, we'll give it to you guys. Until then, it's just status quo. There's nothing yeah. going. You know, if we don't, if if we go two weeks without mentioning Connor Timmons, it's because we've gone two weeks without getting any kind of a Connor Timmons update. So we don't have anything for you on those. Um, that's just yeah. how that one. That's how that story is going to continue to go uh, because of the treatment and the way that the team has decided to handle it uh, publicly. With nothing's going on. So, yeah. uh, but the actual question, AD, the other, uh, the other question that we can actually get to, um, with where we might have a chance at some insight, um, should Comfer permanently replace Colin Wilson on that, on the right side of that second line? Well, he did a little bit tonight for a while. Uh, yeah, and, and he's, he's, Bedner's tinkered with it. He, he does it in select situations. You know, it got the game yeah. tying goal against Dallas on Saturday last weekend. Uh, those three combined uh, for the for that goal, but tonight, I mean, Wilson scored with 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 Jost and McKinnon uh, in a kind of a weird half line change. I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna change my answer on this and say 
what I thought before the that is I'm okay with leaving Wilson uh, for now on that line. Uh, and I'm okay. I, I think I like Coffer a little better as a a real wild card kind of bottom six guy that can really f up some opposition's third and fourth lines with his play. Uh, I think when you start thrusting him up in the top six, now you're asking him to be a, a regular, consistent offensive contributor, playing against other top six guys. Uh, still haven't seen, we still haven't seen him be able to prove he can be that kind of player. Mm-hmm. Now, where, how do you prove, your, how do you get the proof without getting the chance? Yes, that's that's the that's the old question. Why? How do I? You say you want experience, and yet you won't hire me. So how do I get the experience if you won't hire me? Yes, um, I think I'm okay though with JT just kind of flying around down there in the bottom six and creating havoc. Uh, seems to be that that's working better right now. Colin Wilson is is scoring some points. He's got seven goals, and he's he's not been bad at all. Uh, there's times I still think he's kind of. Uh, just a just a guy out there at times, but he's I'll give him credit. He's he's a guy who just plays a, a reasonably competent game, who does competent hockey things out there, and uh, and he can score goals in front of the net sometimes. So I'm okay with Colin Wilson stays for second right wing right now. Let JT kind of keep figuring things out down there and letting him uh, run loose down there and and being a real. Real pain in the ass for those opposition bottom six because they're showing that they can't really handle a guy like him right now. Well, and it's it's an interesting conversation because if JT continues the scoring pace that he's up, you know, which um, I mean won't probably won't happen, as you know, eight points in nine games. Um, yeah, but um, you know, he's he's tearing it up, and so you're saying, okay, he's really effective in that role. Um, but you could also say, well, hey, he deserves more ice time because he's tearing it up. Sometimes uh, the guy's tearing it up because he can take advantage of that role. And then when you put him into a bigger spot and he gets exposed yep. a little bit more. Yep. And, you know, that's that's always kind of the question, you know. And I think Bedner already is tinkering with putting Comfer up there. He really likes Comfer. He trusts him a lot as a player. Uh, yeah, I mean. I think, he's, I think he's looking for excuses to play him. Um, he's looking for situations he can sneak him in there. Yeah, but put him um, in there. Yeah, you know, Comfort, there, I mean, yeah. he, he has to keep, he has to keep producing, of course. Um, but he um, he also might be a guy who just he's your kind of ace in the hole where the other yeah. team is trying to just get rest for the top guys. You throw him out there on the fourth line, yeah. and you know he he creates havoc for for the other team and and produces scoring chances. So yeah. You know, this uh, fourth line produced a number of scoring chances. And, uh, I mean, they got a goal tonight from Eric Johnson uh, created by Andrew Ghetto. I know. So, I, I forgot about that EJ goal. Um, just a sl- screen slapper. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think JT's best served for for all him and the team by being uh, doing what he's doing, not expecting too, too much still, you know, uh, we've seen how tough a transition that can be. It takes time, uh, but he can spot do spot duty uh, on that second line. And uh, let's say you know he has her behind by a goal. Collins not 
quite as involved in the play as much as he should. And then you can throw JT out there and see if you can get a little spark. Yeah. Confer is certainly a, the more dynamic skater. Uh, right. so Absolutely. You're looking, you're, and, 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 and he's plays more of a, a pesky kind of game. So if you're looking for an emotional spark, you're more likely to get it out of Comfort than you are Wilson. Yeah, for sure. I mean, put Colin out there when he's power play situations too, second PP unit and JT. But uh, but you know, Colin can come in and in a in a good, reasonably physical game, just hold his own in that way. Uh, I still still feel like he's. Uh, Kind of disappears at times uh, offensively, but it definitely does. I, mean, I feel like he's uh, top six forwards. He's the weak link, but he's gotten you know pretty good production. So let's I mean, let's let's, let's let's let it you know let's let sleeping dogs lie here right now. Not not try to fix what is broken in a sense. He had six goals all of last year in fifty six yep. games. He's got now seven he goals seven. in twenty four games this year. Yep, yep. So yeah, no, uh, that's. Just, just uh, don't fix what's not broken there, folks. Uh, six in a row. Keep, <laughs> let it ride. Yeah, so, definitely. One last one, or do we uh, we finish uh, up? Let's 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 call it. All right, let's call it over. Uh, let's call it a, a night. It's been a long one. I think it's uh, what time is it here, AJ? Jesus, it's three o seven a.m. It's three o seven a.m. For God's sakes. Uh yeah well it just shows we we BSN crew here we we light the candle at both ends we hope you've enjoyed this podcast the post game podcast we uh, gonna be coming to you the next two nights too if we got two more to go for this week don't we yeah, uh, Jesse and I will be at Blake Street on Thursday so I guess later today yeah I know later and, today uh, uh, Friday got, night we will I've be got one more I've got one more day of kind of attending to my sick bay here but uh, i'll be back on the uh the beat friday morning from pepsi center st louis blues come to town and we'll get a little word with ryan o'reilly ask him uh, how you how do you like us now ryan uh i definitely hope you walk in there and ask him how do you like us now ryan <laughs> i like him personally so i won't be that mean but i might ask him like hey ryan uh you know, what are your thoughts on uh, playing second best team in the league right now? And uh, you guys just fired your coach and lost the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, no, I won't be that in, cool. In your but I'll ask him something. I'll ask him something about um, what he thinks of Colorado. He'll just say the he'll say the polite pro thing. You know, good for them. It's got a lot of friends over there still. Uh, you know. Uh, Never stopped uh, cheering for him, uh, but you know we're competitors now. And we'll puck drops tonight. There's no friends on the ice, so hopefully we can come in here and stop that streak. That's exactly what I'll say. But uh, uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, don't forget about the Cyber Week sale still going on. If you want a discounted yearly subscription to BSN Denver, uh, pretty much ten dollars off on a yearly sub plus a free thirty dollar digital gift card to our our merchandise store, we call it the BSN Denver Locker. You can uh, take that $30 and get yourself some fine, fine haberdashery out of our locker store. You got the three-headed monster shirt selling like hotcakes. You got the Nathan McKinnon Nintendo 94 that's, I think, sold like hotcakes again tonight. The uh, You've got some BSN Denver t-shirts. If you're a Nuggets fan, too, you got the Joker shirt. 
You got your Philip Lindsay shirts. You got Von Miller goat. You got a lot of stuff. So go check that out. Go to bsnnever.com. Just, uh, give us a like and a, uh, well, give us a uh, review. If you could on iTunes, uh, follow, subscribe, hit the subscribe button and follow. We appreciate that too. Uh, give us a rating. So folks, thanks for listening. Uh, BSN Avalanche Podcast brought to you by Strava Coffee. We're going to sign out now here, get some shot out, and be back at it tomorrow. For AJ Hayfley, I am Adrian Dater saying good night.